This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from an authorised financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge by calling 0800 878 You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is a programme called Candy View and it's all about your finances and it's our pleasure to have... In the studio today, our financial expert from the Stewart Group, Nick Stewart. How you going, Nick? Great, thank you, and happy New Year to Absolutely. you. Absolutely good to see you, and you're you're back full of vim and vigor for another year. Yeah, ready to roll, 2021. Here it is, and yeah. you believe it. And as we record this program, just a couple of days left of January. Where's the year gone? Wow, I know. We're into it. We are into it. And today we're going to talk all about retirement income. But before we get there, mm. it's your birthday. <laughs> Stewart Group, 34 years old this week, been in the financial business. Yeah. Take us back to the beginning. Um, well, yeah, well, my, my father actually started in the industry in 1974, a couple of years before I was born. And, um, yeah, in, um, in 1987, in, the, uh, in January, uh, Don decided that he would go out on his own and left the mothership, which back then was called National and Mutual, Remember which that, then became yes. AXA. And um, yeah, he went out on his own in Katamu Road in Hastings, and and um, yeah, thirty four years later, you know, the team's grown, and um, you know, we have our own premise there, and and um, yeah, a good team of people, and we've expanded what we do. So so back in the day when Don, um, you know, back in those halcyon days of thirty four years ago. Um, in quite a, uh, a what turned out to be a difficult year, yes. eighty-seven. Certainly <laughs> not in the January, but by the October, it certainly was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was he was looking after people's uh, superannuation and insurance, and of course we've expanded that now so that uh, financial planning is the core of our business and what we do, so that we develop people's plan based on their goals and objectives, their lifestyle, and then we build the um, we build the necessary investments and risk management strategy around that financial planning so that's kind of where we've got to yeah. the evolution and the journey and obviously you are good at what you do because you have been there for 34 years what's the biggest change you've seen in those 34 years in the industry i'd say a couple of things one would be regulation yeah. uh, because that when we go back 34 years ago there was no regulation uh, there were there were no hurdles no bars no barriers no nothing um, you know, and that's entirely different. In fact, we have another iteration of um, another wall, another brick on the walls being added on the fifteenth of um, March mm. um, for financial advice providers. So regulation's a big one, um, but the other one is scale, and that is where um, you know it's very difficult for the smaller operation or single man band, as Don was back in the yeah. day, to actually do uh, what he did today would be extremely difficult. Um, because you just need scale. Uh, and we look, we see this across the KiwiSaver funds. We see it across risk management. We see it across everything. I mean, like we've, in our business, we have a dedicated compliance officer. Yeah. 
Uh, well, a compliance officer well, doesn't see anybody no. other than staff. Um, so in other words, what I'm getting at, they're, they're purely an expense to the business to make us run well, mm-hmm. efficiently, and appropriately. But they don't generate um, um, any, uh, any, in- any income for the business. So that's why I talk about scale. So, you know, if you have a dedicated compliance officer in a business, you might need a minimum of, say, four advisors to make it work. But you can't have one advisor working on their own with a dedicated compliance officer. It just doesn't no, work. doesn't work. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, I was going to ask you about highs and lows in the, in the 34 years, and you mentioned that uh, Don started the business in 87 when he started off with a big low coming up to him and he didn't realise yes. what was happening. Have, have there been other lows since then? Yeah, there have, yes. Yeah. So if you think about 87 was a, um, you know, the stock market crash um, that affected so many Kiwis, whereas you actually talk to US citizens or people in the UK, 1987 was no worse than uh, other um, uh, periods of crises, such as um, the bond crisis of 1994. I'll come back on that in a second. Mm. Uh, so bond crisis 1994, um, Asian crisis 1997, uh, tech crash 2000, 9-11, of course, 2001, and then the global financial crisis 2008 followed by what we've just come through, which was COVID-19, February, March um, 2020. So, yeah, so I've just given you there a little a, uh, a kind of 101 um, financial uh, history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just I talked about the bond crisis, and that's where that didn't affect equity markets or shares. That affected bonds. And the reason I, I use that specific distinction is that a lot of people in that period in 1994, the value of their bonds declined greatly. Um, now, that is because of um, uh, interest rate increases. And that meant that people, let's say you'd gone and bought a $10,000 bond from, say, let's use a household name like Spark. You'd bought a Spark bond, and let's say it was paying you a 5% coupon or 5% return for ten grand, And you'd, get, you'd loan the company ten grand. Now, you were locked in for a period of, well, you'd invested for a period of five years. But imagine one year in, interest rates increased, and Spark were now issuing bonds at 7%, not 5 So the value of your existing bond of $10,000 on a mark-to-market pricing, now that means the market value on the day if you wanted to sell. Now, if Ken, if you've got old paper a year ago, same company, same credit rating, same terms, just a different yield, different coupon. Mm-hmm. So you've got the old 5% paper. Um, I'm, I've got the new 7% paper. Well, the value of your 5% paper is going to decline because if you want to settle on the market, you've got to match the price that mm-hmm. I've just... I've just bought it, and that's 7%. So let's say you know your $10,000 bond on paper is now worth... Let's say for simple simple arithmetic, let's say it's worth nine thousand. So you you you've you've actually just seen a capital depreciation yes. of a thousand dollars, but that's only if you sell. Yeah. So in nineteen ninety four, a lot of people, they're like Spark Telebond, you know, had dropped like a thousand dollars. It was worth ten thousand nineteen ninety three. This year nineteen ninety four, it's now worth nine. And unfortunately, some people panicked, capitulated. And sold, and they realised the um, the loss on mm. their bonds, and that's why it's called the bond crisis. Because, truth, a lot of people had never seen their bonds have a, have ne- negative a negative value on the year. 
Now it can happen, and that's why you don't ever want to be in the position where you are deemed, or the term is, a forced seller. So you actually have to go to the market to realise assets, whereas you're better just to hunker down and ride out the storm just as a really good share or equity investor did in February and March of 2020. Were you surprised when a cryptocurrency came along? Is that something you've foreseen? Or was that thing? Wow, where'd that come from? Well, yeah, it is. It is pretty unique. But look, we've you know over periods you've had um, you've had alternative currencies in the form of um, I mean, I mean, truth, we've used precious metals mm. um, yeah, since Adam was a boy uh, as a default currency, and people still talk about that today. I mm. mean, I mean, heavens, just Google gold, and you'll find a heap of gold bugs yeah. telling you that gold's <laughs> yes. the next best thing, and everyone should have some. Bury it in your backyard. Everyone should own a safe. And you find the same euphoria, the same message, um, similar sentiments and concepts, um, right or wrong, um, with uh, cryptocurrency yep. or you know Bitcoin and all those other things. the The issue one, the issue that we have with those particular um, assets, if you want to call them assets or instruments, um, synthetic or real. Um, is that there's very little regulation around that particular area. And if we look back um, over a long period of time on the evolution of markets, now, you know, when I talk about the evolution of markets, we can go back an incredibly long way, but in terms of the regulation of those sectors, a lot of it's only happened in the last 30 to 40 years. Yeah. Now, but where I was going to is that whenever something new comes along, it's a brave person that does put their toe in the water because it's normally in that first era, the evolution of the instrument, that's normally where you know people do find they're swimming at the deep end of the pool without any floaties. Yeah. <laughs> and did you ever think in your time, and this is a good segue mm. into what mm. we're going to talk about today, did you ever think you'd see the time where it was hardly worth putting your money in the bank, particularly on what used to be a gold mine term deposit? Remember term deposit? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, I didn't think that we'd get to this point. Certainly not as a country like New Zealand where we, where we, for an incredibly long period of time, we have spent more than we have earned as a nation. So in other words, we're what's termed a debtor nation. So in other words, we're having to finance ourselves a little bit like the US does. I mean, we mm. all mock the US, the fact that on Times Square, there's that massive billboard with the, the digits are just spinning yeah. around showing how much per second and minute per year um, the US owes well we're very similar I mean we owe a lot of money and it's only it's only been very occasional very small periods where we've been um, saving where mm. we've net saved like for example we did that a little bit after the um, global financial crisis mm. Kiwis really um, um, you know pulled in their spending we did it a little bit um, during COVID, but then the flip side was the government was spending big time, yeah. um, like a drunken sailor. Um, but so, the, so, so where I was going to is that detonations typically have a higher interest rate because if you're having to borrow to support yourself all the time, you typically have to pay the pipe and you have to pay yeah. up. Um, but the, effectively, at the moment, you've had it where everyone is borrowing. Yeah, and um, and certainly central banks have added to the um, you know added to that trend by driving uh, rates or interest rates down uh, incredibly, so that they're very very low. And look, the unfortunate thing is that 
the same market that the um, retired couple um, are exposed to in the form of um, you know cash flow through term deposits. They're playing in the same swimming pool yeah. as the central bank, and that is that you know because most term deposits are short dated. 30, 60, 90, 120, 180 days. That's mm. pretty short. Yeah. Um, you know, not many people are brave enough to go out and lock up their money in a term deposit for five years. So therefore, most of the term, de- money, term deposit money is short. And therefore, as I said, they're playing in the same swimming pool as the Reserve Bank, which is the short end of the curve. And, and you've seen the Reserve Bank. Mm. The Central Bank of New Zealand has been very aggressive in smashing down rates. And they've done it very, very well. But very, very quickly, it didn't allow a lot of people time to plan where they, A, didn't have a financial advisor or financial planner on their team, and they were probably, they had their term deposit money locked up. Yeah. So <clears> when it rolled off, whew, yeah, they re- and a lot of people have had to deal with um, restricted cash flow and having to move up the risk curve and into assets that they never thought they would have to possibly go back into yeah. e.g. if you had been invested in shares and property in your earlier years and in your retired years you were like I don't need the stress of that and I don't want to manage mm. a residential or commercial property and I don't want to have to worry and get up every morning and worry about shares and all that sort of stuff so I'm just going to hold term deposits I'm just going to have an easy life yeah, for the next exactly. 30 years well they've had to go that's back that's all behind you now isn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. they've actually had to go back and engage the capital much more um, aggressively. Why do you think we don't worry about being a detonation? Well, we don't seem to. Why is that? Because other people are doing it around the world and have done it successfully for a period of time. The second comment is that um, not many of the nations that we see as our peer group, peer group or our cohort, so, you know, Australia, Canada, US... Um, Britain and some of the European states, none of them have ever gone through what Zimbabwe, mm. Venezuela, yeah. Russia, Argentina have gone through, which is where, at a point in time, the foreign money market says, sorry, Ken, you're just not a good bet. Mm. Yeah. We're not going to lend you any more money. Oh, and if we do, the interest rate's going to look like, you know, something up that Geneva Finance would offer. <laughs> Yes. You know, like your or a credit card rate. Yeah. You know, it's it's going to cost you. So most New Zealanders don't haven't had to think about that. Uh, hopefully, we won't ever have to think about that, and we're able to write our balance sheet, and the government can bring the books back into check, so that we're never like Greece. No. So you know, we don't talk about Greece as being one of part of our cohort, and they're not. I mean, if you look at the amount of money that um, the Greeks own, it's um, kind of makes you really sad yeah um you know they'll be indebted for generations and they're they're cockold to the european union and they can't move in fact effectively greece is a protectorate yeah we're going to talk about retirement uh, income now Mm. and do you think those days will come back where term deposit rates might come back to a semblance of what they were in the good old days or are we where it's at it's going to always be this rate uh A term <laughs> Crystal ball game. The reason why I laugh is that I think about the good old days. It'd be someone saying, "Yeah, you know, back in two thousand five, when I could get eight point two five percent." The reason why I laugh is that that just seems so 
far away from where we are today. Yeah. You know, that's a whole 800 basis points, 8%, mm. like massive. Um, so I don't see us getting back to that uh, in the short term. Um, but look, hopefully we can, and, I, and the reason I say hopefully, and here I am like hoping interest rates go up, is that it would be nice if there was, um, you know, in the bag of tricks for the central bank, if there was a little bit of room to move with interest rate cuts in the future. And the only way to do that is that interest rates go back up so there is a little bit of headroom for them to play with. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I, I don't know if you noticed, but um, in the last few months, the Australian Reserve Bank lowered its interest rates. And mm. they didn't want to go to zero, so they went to 0.1. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, we're talking we're talking fractional numbers. Yeah. Um, so, look, someday, you know, someday the interest rates will go up because, look, there is inflation in the economy. Just the basket of goods that form CPI, the Consumer Price Index, the the goods that form that at the moment on a weighted average on the calculations that, that on how it is formulated and calculated um, show that you know yeah so recently you know interest rates went up by um, sorry not interest rates the inflation rate went up by one point seven percent which was a lot mm. that's a lot more than economists thought but still it's not what it was um, when say Dr Brash came no. in where truth um, inflation was running at say um, fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, but as those interest rates come up, the Reserve Bank will have to act, and the, it's the, the best and most efficient mechanism is to lift interest rates so that we all have a little less money to spend and we're a little more frugal in our outlook would be an easy way to put it. Okay, tell us about retirement incomes. How do we protect what we've all got or what we're getting used to? Well, I, you know, like I wrote an article uh, last weekend, uh, which we published in the um, Hawks Bay Today, and that focused, it was called The Greatest Risk. And it was kind of one of those things about how a lot of people are desperate for yield, and we're seeing that. Mm. You know, we're seeing, you know, people people who have been in term deposits in cash are now going into syndicated apple orchard investments in the, in the hope of yield. Mm. Wow. Now, you know, I love eating an apple. Yeah. That is great. But... Would I go into a fractional ownership of an e-liquid asset that's exposed to uh, weather patterns? Mm, yeah, exactly. Uh, the uh, vagaries of um, foreign markets and um, the New Zealand dollar? Um, probably not if I was a retiree. Um, and the other thing, you know, the average retiree, let's say, let's say the average Kiwi outside their family home, and when I mean the average... This is washing out the person with ten million yep. down to the person with fifty. But let's say they had two hundred thousand dollars of capital outside their family home, and that includes their KiwiSaver. Well, you know, a lot of these people they they can't afford to take dollops of their capital and drop it into you know that type of a liquid asset. Um, and many of the minimum investments on those things are like fifty thousand mm. dollars. So it's quite it's a lot a of hunk. their wealth. And and we're seeing, in a similar way, you know, you see a lot of people, they might have, say, six or seven stocks that they have focused on historically that they know that they have an affiliation with. And and the reason why they, they had that affiliation is that that always produced a good dividend yield. Yep. And that dividend yield, so they had a bit of capital appreciation, and the dividend allowed them to um, have a bit of fun every year. So if we think during the global financial crisis, you know, close to home, we've got... Companies like Auckland Airport, Tourism Holdings, Fletcher Building, they all cancelled their dividend payments mm. in June 2020. Mm. 
And then closer to home, you've got Napier Port cancelled its interim dividend. So, look, you know, a lot of people need to think about having a more diversified yes. approach than just having you know five to seven stocks in their stable, so to speak, where they you know they pay a good dividend yield because you know in times of crises or in times of opportunity. Yes. Because a company won't release its dividend if it has the opportunity to grow the business, it'll shrink its dividend to grow the business, to to you know allow the you know the shareholder base or shareholder wealth to grow that's their job as as, uh, directors and um, that's the company's aim is to grow wealth I wonder if we could shed some light on we haven't actually got much time but I was uh, while while I was doing some research for today's program we shouldn't have talked so long about how successful you are (laughs) but um, I came across this article which said and this this is New Zealand based and it says for every 100 people who entered the workforce 45 years ago one of them is rich 16 are financially independent but not rich Five are still working, 20 have died, and this is a staggering one. 58 of those 100 people are totally dependent on New Zealand super. Yes. That's a bit of worry, especially when you hear those stories going around, Nick, um, mm. that you need at least $500,000 to retire and live the way you might be yes. accustomed to. And I heard recently it's gone up to about a million. You might need a million dollars because we're living longer. Yeah, we are living longer, but also those calculations are extremely sensitive to um, the rates that are available. Mm. So, for example, those rates we spoke about on term deposit on bonds, it means that the amount of capital one has to have engaged in the markets is a lot more than it used to. So if naturally the numbers are going look, and I'm just saying, you know, if you torture the data long enough, you can find anything yeah. that you want. So. If you run the calculations today, when interest rates are at the lowest they've ever been in this country, of course the capital sum required mm. to be in retirement is massive. But you'd have to say you would probably need to, you know, I would say that someone using a fair and reasonable approach would have to use a more long-run yeah, number. Right. Whereas, of course, as I said, you know, if you torture the, da- the data, it'll confess to anything. Yeah. But, you know, so if, if you were running that argument... You'd, you'd run the numbers today yeah. because it looks absolutely woeful. But one would expect that we will return to a period where, you know, there's a term reversion to mean, mm. and eventually interest rates will revert back yeah. to um, to something that looks more akin to what we used to. I wonder if we look at these figures, though, that those, those 58 people, yes. and, I, and I guess it's a, it's a life story, isn't it, that those 58 people in that 100 will be much better in their younger days to be looking at, wise investments yes yeah it, it, look you know, 58 of 100 um, is a lot and I would say that or, you know, anecdotal evidence will say those 58 people don't have a financial advisor yes, they probably have indeed. never sought any advice mm. and, or the aspect is possibly maybe they were successful and things just went wrong maybe they weren't diversified maybe they lost their business maybe uh, they suffered a legal challenge. Something went wrong in the business. Maybe they were made redundant, and they've had to draw on their savings to get through. Maybe they had a health issue. There are so many things that many go variables. wrong. That, yeah. Yeah, variables that affect people. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what portion of the fifty-eight actually that this has just been the norm. They have spent everything they've earned. They've never saved anything. And we know there are people out there like that. And look. Um, some people have a very simple existence. They don't want for very much. And their focus in life has always been they will just live on New Zealand super. Yeah. Um, and I guess 
the New Zealanders, Kiwis that are in that position, they're very lucky that we live in a society where that safety net is there. Mm, absolutely. Um, you know, the, you know, a lot of a lot of my foreign friends look at our numbers and they look at the uh, baby boomers coming through the Python, that big bubble, yeah. and say, "Struth." Is that really sustainable long term? Yeah, that's true. And no one seems to want to address that at the moment. It's kind of like this whole concept of we just the government will always just borrow more force, yeah. and we won't write the books. Well, you, you know you can't do that forever. Um, so one day it will need to be right. Yeah. Um, but look, uh, at the moment, no one seems to really want to address those yeah. key I don't, issues. Yeah, I don't think you and I have ever spoken on a show where we haven't mentioned bricks and mortar. I mean, <laughs> is, it, is, it, is bricks and mortar? Well, this just seems to be. Um, it seems to be the, the goose that lays the golden egg. Is it still the goose that lays the golden egg, or has it had its day? Uh, well, it's the goose that's laid the golden egg if you own it. Yeah. Um, but what about investing now? Would you, would you be recommending? I mean, I know you're all about diversification, but it seems to be the one thing that you almost can't lose money on. Well, yeah. Well, um, hey, certainly on the last couple of years, that's yeah. been that's been very very. It's it's worked really well for people, um, but. But hey, you know the you know if you look at the you look at the ten run ten year run numbers mm-hmm. on the NZX fifty, the numbers are absolutely beautiful. You're diversified across fifty stocks. You get a nice little dividend yield that comes in. You don't get calls from tenants. Yeah, it's a hundred percent liquid, so you can sell it any day of the week. Yeah, and you don't have to negotiate with anybody. So now look, I haven't answered your question. I was. <laughs> Slightly tongue in cheek there, but no. Look, um, uh, property's done re- extremely well. Let's circulate back to those fifty-eight people you were talking before. I find, and when I read the articles, and I read a lot of articles on this, I actually find you know the kind of euphoria of how well property's done. I actually find it I actually find it rather depressing because mm. I know that so many people are having to spend so mm. much money to get in. They are going to be saddled with this debt like an albatross around their neck until they leave the planet. I actually find it quite sad. It is. So, but, but I can come from that viewpoint with the knowledge that I have and the fact that, like you, I have a house. Mm. So I'm in there. Yeah, but exactly. I'm sure my view would be different if, um, or my view might be different if I didn't know anything and I was renting the entire time. But, but when I, but just with the knowledge that I have, I just feel I feel really sad because there's going to be a massive wealth disconnect between those that don't have and those that have, and the amount of people's post-tax income that they are going to have to spend mm. to have a roof above their head is going to increase. It already has, and it's going to increase further because more red tape, more regulation is heading down the pipe, and you've got more... Um, private landlords, in other words, you know, mm. um, investors in residential homes are leaving the yep. market. So yeah, I um, I look at it and I um, I'm not a happy smiley face no. when it comes there. I look at it and say, uh, I actually find it. Um, I actually kind of think it's broken. Yeah, uh, and it's and it's rather sad. And on that depressing note, although, <laughs> although it is your birthday, just remind our listeners, if we want to uh, come and get some professional advice, well, how do we do that? Where are you? Um, we are at 204 Kadamu Road in Hastings uh, in the Black Basalt Stone Building with a large tartan logo. And we're also on the terrace in um, Wellington. But you can just pop in and see us at either location. Pop in for a coffee. We've got great coffee machines. We yes, do a good have. brew. 
and we always like to have a chat with people and there's no charge for coming in and having a chat with us for the initial consultation. But we like helping people get ahead, making really sound, wise decisions with their capital. Good on you, Nick. As always, my pleasure. You look after yourself. Talk to the same time, same place next time. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from an authorised financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge by calling 0800 878 961. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.